everyone and welcome to another episode of raising bulls we are the only podcast dedicated to the new york red bulls 2 of the usl tonight uh, we're going to be recapping a big win over the tampa bay rowdies uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the other teams that are way in the mix for the final couple of playoff spots uh, and what that might mean for the red bulls uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, we're going to preview the game against uh, tfc2 we're going to highlight another player, because that seems to be a popular uh, a segment that we have now added to the show. And we're going to answer our email question. Joining us this week, uh, first time uh, on the proper show, we had him on a video uh, stream a couple of months ago. <laughs> it's Joseph Steen. Once a Metro's Joseph Steen. How are you doing, Joe? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Can I call you Joe, or should I call you Joseph? Which one do you prefer? Uh, Joe, Joe's fine. All right. All right. We'll take that. Um, and then the other rag, ragtag, I don't know, co-host, I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with any of that. We've got <laughs> NYC Soccer World's own Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. Hello. I, um, I would like to be referred to as the King of Sting. The King of Sting. <laughs> the King of Sting. <laughs> you say Sting or Stink? Which one? Sting. Oh, not both. Stink. Sting. Both. You got it. Um, you were in New Orleans this past weekend, right? I was in Nolens. I was um, watching uh, the LSU opening game at the Superdome, which was quite an experience. Uh, I never experienced a live college football game before, or um, one that, like for a really big college right, football right, team. I've okay. been to Rutgers before, yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Stab at Rutgers. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, like, I know. They're not comparable at all, for sure. I mean, were you yeah. there for the 56 drubbing, 56 0 drubbing? Or no, sorry, it was more than that for Michigan last year. Never <laughs> no, I was at some horrible game where they played the Hoosiers. Oof. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but you survived your bachelor party weekend, so good work. Yeah, it wasn't too difficult. Apparently, the ba- the bachelor had um, quite a low tolerance. <laughs> I was on the opposite end of things. My bachelor uh, had a very high tolerance, uh, and so <laughs> the rest of us all got trashed trying to just keep up with him. I guess. Um, and last but not least, I saved the best for last, Mister Bill Toomey, Bill TNJ. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing good, Joe. We're halfway through a holiday week, and it's good to be back on the show. So Yeah, we missed you, you know, last week. Complain. Crazy show last week. Yeah, 50 shows. I uh, uh, unintentionally left <laughs> a big portion of a uh, after interview <laughs> in the show and the count-in to the next segment. <sighs> so even when <laughs> things are good, they're not great. Uh, but, you know, we <laughs> thankfully we didn't badmouth any of the guests uh, during that. <laughs> section and uh yeah not without laughing of trying yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so anyway let's uh let's dive into this uh, tampa bay game Uh, i honestly did not expect this to be 
uh, the blowout that it was. I thought that the Red Bulls midfield was very much in control throughout the match. There were some dicey moments in the second half where like all of a sudden the game started to slip away, uh, but they were able to add an insurance goal, kind of balance everything out. Uh, my uh, new favorite player on this team, Andrew Tenari, continuing his great run of form, has another goal. Almost had uh, two. He had a great shot uh, early in the first half that nearly beat Pickens, uh, but he beats him from outside on a very nice curling effort. Uh, Florian Velo stays in the score sheet. Uh, he's now got two games in a row with goals after a, a long, dry spell. It looks like he's finally back. And another guy who is, seems to be putting it together now at the perfect time in the season is Junior Flemings. You know, you talk about these really important players that uh, have been maybe not exactly struggling, but uh, not capitalizing on their opportunities. And they all are getting it done right now. Anthony, what has changed for this team? Um, I, well, this game in particular, they saw a return to, of certain players that really it had a calming effect. So obviously Ryan Mara is the general on the, uh, any, on this team. Uh, and then um, Hassan Nadam made an appearance. But I think aside from that, they're, they're starting to look comfortable. We're not seeing as many changes week to week. They're finally starting to hit their stride in their games. And, uh, and like you were saying before, Junior Flemings is getting hot at, at a big time because uh, he was a major part for what this team was able to do in 2016. And uh, another major part, I think, during the season – in 2016 uh, that has now since uh, joined the team in midsummer was Noah powder. Noah had another fantastic outing. Um, He's, I think he's picking up steam. He's one of those guys. He came in, he had a good first couple of games, uh, but now you're really seeing what he's able to do, especially on the offensive side of things. I don't think he's been perfect defensively, uh, but he's really been a big addition to this back line. Jostein, is there, is there a player Aside from Powder and maybe maybe uh, well definitely Scarlet in that situation, uh, that has been more critical to the recent success of, of New York. Uh, I'd have to go with Andrew Tenari. I mean, I think he's been nothing short of fantastic over the last month and a half. Um, the game that pretty much cemented it for me was the game against Charleston with him and Metziger there. And before he went off injured, you could definitely see him. And Metziger just completely dominate that midfield. Um, I definitely, th- I mean, he, it's even paid off for him. I mean, he's not known as a goal scorer, but he's had two in his last two games. Um, I mean, he's just been an absolute workhorse in that midfield. Just, And you could just see it. The biggest problem, I think, with the Red, Bull, Red Bulls 2 this season has been their midfield hasn't been as dominant as in years past. And I think with him in that midfield, they, it's just been terrific over the last uh, five games. And that's why they've been producing great results. Fully agree with that. I was taking a look at, uh, you know, a midfield to midfield comparison. So the, a very experienced trio of Joe Cole, Martin Vingard and Marcel Schaefer, uh, 77 passes com- combined between them, 10 duels, won, two chances created. The extremely young and inexperienced trio of uh, Tanari, Shigenobu, and Velo, 167 passes between them, 12 duels won, and 8 chances created. Uh, that, I mean, it's very clear who won the midfield battle <laughs> on the day. And uh, very surprising, I think, how important Kaz has been uh, in this recent run of success as well. 
I'm I think that he is very raw, and there's a lot of uh, pieces of his game that he needs to work on, and specifically um, maybe not uh, uh, giving up so many fouls. Um, but he's just one of those guys that he's just very solid. He's working very hard. He's completing a lot of passes, and I think you know where you might have lost that uh, with Metzger not being in the team from week to week. Uh, Kaz has done a very good job uh, of sort of filling that gap. Bill, when your your favorite player in the universe, Brandon Allen, went away, yeah, I think true. we were all pretty much like, all right, where are these goals going to come from? Uh, and now the team is really flying high. And even though Bonomo started really hot over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't had to do as much. Uh, are, are maybe the Red Bulls over that, that point where they needed to have that target striker for success? I th- I think they are. I think everybody is becoming more comfortable with, with one another. And the combination of Junior Flemings and Noah Powder really showed off this past Saturday. So I definitely think, you know, we don't have to worry as much, you know, as we did at one point because uh, we have Flemings and Powder up front. So, I mean, that's just an awesome duo that was on fire this past Saturday. Yeah, I think so. They they have a really nice connection. A number of passes over the uh, the last couple of weeks from Powder have been able to spring uh, Junior, and you know, getting him involved in the attack, uh, specifically the way uh, he assisted on that final goal, uh, which drew some defenders out, and then he just you know very sneakily snuck the ball over to uh, Junior running into the box, uh, made it for an easy finish, and of course all the plaudits and success. Um, let's talk about man of the match. Who you got? Uh, we'll start with you, Jostine. Um, I probably have Andrew Tenari again. Uh, again, just did everything that was asked of him. I mean, I'd probably throw in either Nova Powder there too. Um, and you know, goal and assist, you know, for a defender really couldn't ask much more. It was completely active the entire game and attacking the Tampa Bay defense. Um, and you know, even, uh, even Velo made the team of the week this week. And I think that, you know, he's been quite unlucky some at times this year, and the fact that he's found his goal-scoring touch over the past couple of weeks has definitely helped. Uh, but for me, the man of the match was Tenari. I think he just was a complete menace to Tampa Bay's midfield and definitely create, helped create a lot of chances for the two-team over the weekend. I think that's more than fair. Uh, Anthony? Um, I was actually going to go with Florian Velo um, as well, um, even though... Jostine gave three guys. Um, the, uh, took my guy. He's new. He's new here. Uh, <laughs> leave some for the rest of us, guys. Um, the uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of the best games Velo's played in my in recent memory. I don't want to say all season because I think he's had flashes and moments this year, uh, but he looked really comfortable in this game. Obviously, getting um, first, it was the assist on the Tenari goal. Uh, and then later, the very easy tap in that he had for all the work that Junior Fleming did in his goal. But he's just in the right place at the right time, which is where, what worked so well for him last year. Uh, so hopefully we're seeing a little more of that freedom coming forward for him. Yeah, and uh, very quickly, obviously, Velo has played, um, I th- think, about four more games than Vincent Bezicourt. Uh But he is only two behind Bezicourt for chances created uh, this year. Uh, best score is 45, Velo is 43, and that's good enough for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th in the East. So good work there, Florian. Uh, Bill, who you got? 
Uh, for me, it's Noah Powder. I mean, that assist and you know the first goal they had too is that was that was pretty good. Yeah, I I, I feel like that very well summed it up. I am going to give it to Noah Powder as well. I think he's been very impressive. I think looking at the senior team and and I, I just have this gut feeling that uh, Kamara Lawrence might be on his way out after this season. Uh, Powder is certainly making a case uh, for himself to be the guy to step in there. Uh, you know, maybe just needs a little bit of seasoning, but he he's looking the part so far. Okay, uh, let's turn our attention to some games around the week coming up. Uh, these are all teams that are around the Red Bulls uh, in the standings that they can either jump over um, or just you know that could cause them problems. Uh, Orlando City B is going to play Richmond. Uh, that sounds like a pretty easy win, but we could hope that Richmond might play the spoiler and uh, Orlando will be home for that. They have four home games remaining in their schedule. Tampa Bay has two games this week. Uh, it's crazy to even think about the Red Bulls now uh, being able to pass Tampa Bay or you know uh, equal their points total, but they've they've done very well over the last couple of, of games. Uh, but they've got Harrisburg and Bethlehem Steel. Both of those teams are looking for points. Beth Steel in position to maybe uh, pass the Red Bulls. So hoping for some draws there, of course. Uh, Pittsburgh, who is uh, just a point back like Beth Steel, uh, is playing Louisville City. So that, I mean, if <laughs> if you want uh, a, a team that is beneath you uh, playing anyone, it's, it's the leaders. So uh, hopefully uh, Louisville wins that match. Uh, and then St. Louis, which is kind of distant at this point, uh, is also playing Harrisburg City. Um, but they would need more than one match to catch up to the Red Bulls. Uh, looking at uh, the playoff implications from this board. right? So right now the Red Bulls are sitting in 7th place, uh, but they are uh, ranked 8th in points per, per game, uh, tied with FC Cincinnati, which of course they are tied with on points right now. Um the good thing here, I guess, is Cincinnati has just a single home game remaining, uh, just like the Red Bulls. So they both are going to have to get it done on the road. Uh, but if Cincinnati's not a team for the Red Bulls to worry about, who do you think that that would be? Uh, let's start with you, Anthony. Oh, boy. If well, yeah, you go. Yeah. So you're like, if this team that is totally the one they need to worry about isn't the one, who else you got? Go. Um, goodness, I'm going to go, I'm going to say Pittsburgh in this scenario. Hold on, I'm pulling up my stats here. Just opening up my, uh, my little Excel with my secret formulas in it. Uh, mainly because <laughs> Pittsburgh has been on a roll. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've, you know, they've won three in a row. I know they drew the last game, but they, they're scoring goals right now. And, and I think that that's something getting hot at this point of the season. You really have to be afraid of that. They're not, they don't appear like they're going to be giving up many games. They also have only lost eight games this season. So giving up draws has been their biggest issue thus far. So now that they're scoring goals, uh, maybe that's not going to be as much of an issue. And they're probably the team that's the most dangerous to worry about. And that's something that we saw with Orlando city B. They were drawing a lot of games earlier. Now they're on a little bit more of a run. Um, what about Beth Steele? I know that that they were they were hot. They were one of the hottest teams in the league for a while, but then they started to drop off. Joe Steen, uh, are they maybe going to be having sort of a reawakening, or are they plummeting? Um, I think they're going to have sort of a reawakening. I mean, they do have three home games left. Um, they do have a tough schedule down the stretch. They do play Tampa Bay. They do play Louisville. They do play Pittsburgh again. 
Uh, they do have Rochester on the road, but um, I think they had a, a very disappointing August. Um, but I think this team is far too talented to be where they are. Uh, they do have a game at hand as well. Um, I do think they will be the team that probably gives uh, Red Bulls two the most trouble as far as making the playoffs. Though, all right, out of out of the following teams uh, that are are below. Uh, well, actually, all right, I'm just going to pick these two teams, St. Louis and Ottawa. Bill, if you had to pick one of these two teams as maybe the dark horse to suddenly get hot and make a, a run for the playoffs, which one of those two would it be? Out of the two of them, for me, it would probably be Ottawa, just because I think they have a better chance overall of going for the rest of the season with winning more than St. Louis does. And really for St. Louis, I don't think we're too worried about playing St. Louis just because we played them so many times before in the past. Now, um, before, obviously we're not going to get into uh, the TFC game yet until our second segment. Um, But if the Red Bulls are able to find a result on the road this week and some other results go their way, they can be up to uh, fifth place at the end of this weekend. (laughs) <laughs> and if that happens, then they're in striking distance of both Rochester and Charleston, which is pretty remarkable considering uh, how poor uh, the Red Bulls were. And they were, they were down to 11th place, you know, two weeks ago, the East is just wide open. And if you, if you just put a couple of results together, things really turn around for you. Uh, okay. We're going to take a break now. Um, and when we come back, we're going to preview the game against Toronto FC two stick around. back with our final segment we're going to be talking about this weekend's match on the road against toronto fc2 toronto has been uh, the worst team in the east by a stretch but they've had some really good weird results over the last uh, month or two um they had a win over charlotte which is sort of insane um they were able to get uh, some draws in there they they tied that they, they did not lose to charlotte this year they beat Charlotte. They beat Charleston. Uh, I'm, I'm. It's just very hard to get a read on this team. Their defense is pretty good, and they still have a negative twenty three goal differential. <laughs> I don't know how to reconcile those kinds of things. Anyway, they're five fifteen and seven uh, overall, one three and one in their last um, five matches with a negative three goal goal differential. As mentioned, they beat Charlotte. They lost to Beth Steele, Richmond, and Rochester, and they drew St. Louis. They have a league low nineteen goals and a league low a league low what oh Jesus uh, they have a league low conversion rate of nine percent uh, but they have eight clean sheets which is ninth best in the league so you know arms up I do not understand them one bit um, they have forty two goals conceded which is the fifth highest and still three goals behind New York Red Bulls too gives you a good idea of the Red Bulls defense this year, which has been very difficult. Uh, But worth noting, the Red Bulls are only negative three in their goal differential. They do not have a goal scorer. Uh, Right now, Jordan Hamilton has been getting it done for them, uh, but he was not with the team all year. They just are very disjointed uh, offensively. And even with the, you know, their struggles all season, they're still kind of playing that spoiler role a little bit. And 
you know, this is a classic sort of trap scenario. Joe Steen, if there's one thing that the Red Bulls have to avoid uh, in this match, what is it? Um, I would say defensive miscues. That seems to be the theme with them giving up goals. Um, as you saw in their last match against Ottawa on the road, uh, you know, off a set piece, off the throw in, header comes into the box, deflected right past um, defender. I think it was Schmoll, and then uh, one, I forget who came in behind, but he just put it in. And then they get they concede in the 95th minute in order to draw against them. And again, if you're going back to the, another road game against Charleston, they're flat out dominating that game in the first half, and they basically switched off for a minute and allowed Charleston to take the lead. So their defense is going to have to be on point. Even We, we even saw it in the, when they played uh, Toronto at Montclair State. Um, they were great in the first half. They dominated the first half. And then the second half, they kind of switched off, and Toronto started to creep back into the game and almost got an equalizer a couple times. So I think basically their defensive issues and just keeping the focus, just keep keeping focused is got to be what they have to do in this game this weekend. If there's a – is there – I guess from watching this team, what I'm getting at, uh, is there a single thing that – has been plaguing them specifically other than just you know turning off for a minute or what maybe is the the reason that they're turning off in, in these crucial moments anthony uh, i think it's it's an experience factor um and maybe for a bit maybe for jordan scarlet a bit of fitness in the sense that he's i think at this point it, it's becoming less and less i, I think the opportunities that showed up for Tampa Bay had more to do with the um, experience of that team than uh, some of the, the lapses, but it's still, it, it, it is, it is worrisome, um, especially when you don't have Ryan Mara every single week to make 77 min- minute saves. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they, they just kind of, they've got to stay in the game mentally, which is something they've been unable to do all year long. Um, it started early in the year and it's really carried over for the remainder. And not that, you know, I, I do tend to ride this guy a little bit, uh, but one common factor that we've seen with some of these um, these moments when they do shut off uh, is the insertion of David Abador to, to maybe help uh, calm things down a little bit on the field. Is that maybe counterintuitive to uh, the approach? We saw this last year with the senior team where they would try to bring in an extra defender to sort of lock down a game, uh, and that would lead to, to issues. Bill, do you think that that's something that's going on? I don't think it's going on as bad as it as it was. It is getting a little bit a little bit better as the season goes on, especially over the past two months or so. You know, with the five game unbeaten streak going on. But I think really a <clears throat> a big piece of it too is Ryan Merritt in goal. If we could keep him any longer, you know, with the defense we have going now and with him in, in the net, we'll be solid. But I, I don't know how that's going to pan out. Yeah, I would imagine that Ryan is is not going to be spending a lot of team with uh, a lot of team with this time <laughs> one could <Ooh>. hope <laughs> good gravy um he might have a big game on the 16th yeah that well i i assume that's part of the reason that he was starting for this team was just to to make sure that he was uh in shape and, and working you know hard through all of this um at home tfc is a menacing three four and five uh <laughs> 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 i know um I just it's really hard for me to see how the Red Bulls would drop more than two points in this match. Uh but I I suppose anything is possible. The last time that 
Toronto won at home was back on August 5th over Charleston. That was a one nothing win. Um, since then, their defense, which was pretty solid for you know, about a month there, uh, started to kind of collapse a little bit. Um, I'm not. I'm just not really sure of of who the Red Bulls really need to worry about. Um, maybe Subasa Endo, uh, but he hasn't been you know someone that's been contributing uh, regularly to the team. Obviously, you know we talked about Jordan Hamilton, uh, five goals in his eight appearances. Um, but you know the 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 guys who are in the squad week in and week out, like Mitchell Tainter, really haven't done much. So who on this team is maybe going to be the guy that uh, could you know destroy the Red Bulls outside of uh, Jordan Hamilton? Jostine, what do you think? Um, like you said, I I would probably focus on Endo. I know he hasn't been really up to par of late, um, but he's still a threat. Uh, I think that. Obviously, you know, even when players aren't are struggling to find form, um, you know, it all it takes is that one chance and, you know, then they get all their confidence back. I mean, we saw it with Lowe over the, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks, he hasn't really taken his chances and he got his confidence back as soon as he got a goal. Um, I definitely think Endo is one of those players you have to watch. Anthony, who do you think? Oof, I was going to say Endo as well. This team is... To be quite honest, this team stinks. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, I mean they do. Like they, they, they're everything that you know. You know when when you read a a Reddit forum post about how bad of an idea it is that MLS two teams play in the USL, and we're always <laughs> like, "What do you mean? Red Bull Two is awesome, and they're really trying." And then you got like you know teams like like Lash FC Montreal or this year Toronto FC two, where you're just like, "Man, nobody cares. Do they even know you guys are playing?" Um, and that's that's kind of how bad this team is. Every now and then they'll wake up and show up for a game, and you really can't tell when that's going to happen. But quite honestly, I mean, there aren't very many solid points from this team. I will I will say that the Western Conference is uh, a bigger um, offender when it comes to two teams that are really just kind of phoning it in it this season. Portland and Vancouver <laughs> yeah. and L.A. are... Oof. They are very tough. Well, look, this is a throwaway year for L.A. in general. Yeah, I know. And they have a very young team, so I don't want to get too on them. But uh, Seattle has been bad, I think. <laughs> Their defense has been really bad this year. Um, but you, I, the cream of the crop over there is, is pretty fantastic. Uh, Real Monarchs have been great all season. Swope Park has been very good. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, Orlando City uh, is now turning it on and looking very good. And uh, uh, New York Red Bulls in the same kind of boat, but yeah, you have Toronto FC bringing it all down. Bill, are <laughs> they are they the new FC Montreal? You know, it's uh, it's close for sure. I just don't know how you can go, you know, on and uh, beat teams like Charlotte. Though I just don't understand yeah, that, <laughs> how that works. Thing. I mean, that kind of boggles my mind. How do you beat a team like Charlotte? You know, but overall, you have 15 losses for the season. I just don't get it. It's very very weird. The the USL in general can be so weird. It's very difficult from week to week to kind of get a read on what's going to happen. Um, okay, let's get some predictions out there. Jostine, give me a score. Uh, I'm going to say 2 nothing. Uh, Red Bulls 2. Woo, that would be a good result. Anthony? I'm saying 3-1, Red Bull 2. Oh, we're ratcheting it up. This is like the price is right. <laughs> Bill? <laughs> I'm going to say 2-1, Red Bulls 2. Oh, I thought you were going to either bid a dollar... Or go really high. 
Um, I'm a bit of penny. <laughs> I'm going to say that this is going to be a two to one victory. I don't think they'll keep Toronto off the board, but I think they'll do just enough to get the win. Um, I was ready to be merciless to you if you would have said a two-two draw. <laughs> I, think, I had a feeling. I, I had was a like, feeling oh, he was going to no, say. No, he's I'm not. not. Gonna lie. I think I predicted. No, a he's draw not. For every game, inclu- on seeing red too over the past couple of weeks, so I had to get away from it. <laughs> uh, they did draw two-two last year. That's true. That's true. Mm. Um, okay, player highlight time. Thank you again. I think it was Gary Gibson. I can't remember. I said it last week and now I've forgotten uh, who gave us the idea uh, to highlight a specific player and kind of call attention to uh, what they are good at, get an idea of what they bring to the table and if uh, they have a place in the future of this organization, or at least, you know, the tools to, to, to find a place like that. This week, we're going to be talking about Zico Lewis. Zico Lewis was drafted in the first round by the New York Red Bulls. Uh, we, I think we all kind of understood that he was going to be coming down to the two team, uh, amazing speech we've had him on this show uh, i've talked to him uh, here and on seeing red hilarious guy to talk to very very confident uh, and i think you see some of that on the field he's uh, very speedy although sometimes a little bit slow to accelerate uh, he's got very good crossing ability with his left foot uh, and he's a very hard worker uh, anything else that i'm missing from zico lewis let's start with you anthony that personality, it's, it's, it's the kind of personality that a team needs. A guy who um, obviously is willing to work hard but isn't uh, robotic in his interviews. The guy's got a ton of personality. He wants to be better, but he's also got that chip on his shoulder that um, helps set him apart from anyone else on the field. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Bill or Joe, I'll let either of you go for this one. What, what qualities does he have to improve if he wants to continue uh, his um, progression and maybe end up with the first team? Either one of you, just jump in. Uh, I would probably say his decision-making at times. I think uh, I think he overthinks himself a little too much and tries to either, you know, pass when he should shoot or, um, you know, shoot when he should pass. I mean, I've seen it a couple times this year. His decision-making isn't the best. Um, but I, I think it's improved uh, over this over the season. But I still think he, you know, he's still growing as a player and mentally. I think. What about you, Bill? Yeah, to jump in on that, I was going to say I'd like to see him get a little bit more uh, shots on target. You know, I think he's had two goals so far this season, so I definitely like to see him get some more shots on target and create some more chances. And I think uh, uh, those are both two of the things that I wrote down. So I was smiling over here that you guys did the same thing. Um, (laughs) But I also think uh, with his speed, where he could maybe uh, focus some of his um, efforts in improvement would be taking players on in the dribble. I think he can get by guys, which is something that you see with a lot of speed guys. uh, But they're not able to maybe break free uh, with the ball at their feet. So I think he he has the ability to do that, but but it needs a little bit more work. Um, and the other thing, uh, that I think that he needs to work on is, uh, his right foot. He's very good with his left foot. I would like to see him do more with his right foot. It becomes a little predictable for him, especially if he's playing on the right side, cause he's always going to cut back. That's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, talk to, uh, Robin <laughs> cause it's worked for him forever. Uh, but I still, I'm, I'm partial to guys who could play with the ball, um, with both feet. Anthony. 
You've got the big question. Joe. you got the big one coming to you. Is this oh, a, boy. Is this a player that has the tools or the ability, uh, period, to play in MLS one day? Absolutely. I, I think he definitely does. Um, it's a matter of him putting the right pieces together. Uh, wait, are you asking me if he's going to be a Red Bull or just in the league in no, general? No, no, no. I would have been more specific. Yeah, I just mean the league in general. Okay. Yeah, yeah I definitely think he does um, have have a place. He's far too dynamic not to. Um, far too far too much of a personality as well. This guy is super marketable. So he'll, he'll be somewhere. And I guess a uh, follow-up to that. Is he going to be in this in this squad next year? Um, considering that they may lose some wingers to the first team, um, uh, and a few other players, I would definitely say so. At the very least, one more year. I think that's very fair. I, in talking about him, I forgot to mention his position, just in case anyone who didn't know. Uh, left winger, uh, left midfield, or right wing, right midfield. I think both he's very comfortable with, although, again... Uh, he tends to cut in to his left foot regardless. Um, okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> that was player highlight. I'll, maybe I'll get like little intros for these things. Like make it. Yeah. <laughs> play intros. Never talking about the players. Um, maybe I'll use that and I'll make a song out of it. Uh, okay. Uh, moving on. We've got email question this week this one comes from ed ritter friend of the show ed ritter um and apologies to the the people who i've promised stickers to that i have not sent them out yet uh i'm, I'm one of those guys who's like yeah yeah you know, uh, i'll do it in a moment and then i forget but i will send those out this week i'm gonna do it tomorrow i promise ed you're getting a sticker too so i'll have to get in touch with you for your details um so ed says Mirror with the two-team while the first team is on the road. Is this A, getting him minutes in preparation for the, the USOC final, B, raising the chances that the two-team makes the playoffs, or C, smart of the Red Bulls to do both? Uh, uh, who, who wants to tackle that? Let's start with uh, you, Jostein. <laughs> um, of course. Uh, I will say uh, C. Obviously, Mirror was a big part of... Um, there are US, U.S. Open Cup run, and I think getting him big minutes in games like that uh, obviously can help his confidence only. Um, and, you know, it's not a bad thing if the two-team makes the playoffs because, you know, that gives players, you know, bigger games to show what they can do and, you know, show if they're ready for, you know, maybe some MLS time next year. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. I know Jesse has talked about putting his players uh, in positions to succeed in the past. What if uh, allowing Ryan to play in these matches, obviously they, they're able to beat Tampa Bay, but it looked like for a little bit they were on their way back and, and maybe going to at least equalize uh, in that match. What happens in that scenario? Are you killing the confidence of a player by putting him in net for a, uh, a, a sort of shocking defeat uh, with the team coming from behind, Anthony? Um. I, wait, team coming from behind, you mean in the sense of Mara? Yeah, yeah. Like if Mara's in net and Tampa Bay comes back and wins that game, let's say 5-3. Uh, to three. Oh, uh, no, I, I don't think that um, – I think this is one of those scenarios where it is about keeping him fresh 
Um, obviously, if he goes out there and he makes a bunch of mistakes, maybe it would affect his confidence. But I don't think that he was looking at this game as um, uh, a rattler of, of any kind, just uh, a game to stay fresh, to go help this team out right before a, a, a really big game that he's going to be starting in. So, uh, you know, if, if he'd have gotten lit up, I, I think it just would have been, okay, well, maybe I was just a little rusty. And then he would have moved on from there. It might, it might have been uh, an alarm bell for Jesse Marsh, but not so much for uh, for him personally, I would think. I think that's fair enough. Um, interesting, because I, I wanted to make sure that I was going to say this right, because I did not get to watch uh, the Red Bull 1 game on the weekend. I've only since watched highlights, so i got to catch up on that still. Uh, but Evan Loro was on the good. bench. Evan Loro was on the bench for the first team. But uh, what I said was interesting is... Uh, MLS.com lists Mohamed Kaita as a defenseman. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I mean, there were no other defenders on the bench, so I guess, well, whatever. Uh, but uh, a corollary question uh, from Ed Ritter. How horrified would first-team supporters be if something happens to Robles and Loro has to be called on? Bill, what do you think? Would Loro be able to fill in well enough with the first team if something happened? <laughs> It, it might be a little bit rough, but hopefully uh, adrenaline kicks in and he's able to do it. And I think everybody would be in a state of shock because Robles has started. It's what is it like over 160 now, 100 over 160 consecutive games. So everyone's so used to seeing him on the field, they would definitely they would definitely be in a state of shock if anything happened to him. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough for sure. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Well, can you imagine? Do you remember how crazy we all were when um, Bill Gaudet went down in 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 2012? It was like, oh my God, it's the third string starter, and you know that guy just hasn't gone away yet. Yeah, well, you know, I I <laughs> remember true. I remember people talking about when Robles was coming over uh, that uh, he was terrible. They were talking about the one match that he played for the USMNT in the, uh, the gold cup in, I don't know, what was it? 2009, maybe. Um, and you know, what a mistake. The Red Bulls already have Ryan Mira. What are they doing? And yeah, here we are. Strange world we live in. Okay. That just about wraps everything up. Oh, uh, I forgot. I wanted to ask Josine the five questions. I'm not going <laughs> to give you a traditional interview, but uh, you know what? I'll do very, very, uh, fast one. Josine. Okay. How did you end up covering soccer? Where 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 were these roots planted? Um, I grew up playing soccer. I played for ten years. Uh, I've always loved the sport. Um, I went to Arizona State, and I uh, got to do some Copa America out there. And I did cover uh, Arizona United, which is now Phoenix Rising. But uh, yeah, so pretty much soccer's been pretty much a part of my life for a long time. But you're from here, right? So how why yes. why Arizona State? What was the the draw. Uh, it was a good journalism school, and uh, I got a, a tribute to my friend selling me on the school. Um, and I kind of just wanted to get away from New Jersey for a little bit, and then uh, go out to the West Coast, and I did. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame you much for that. Uh, when you started covering soccer. Uh, was there maybe a particular your writer that you started to to follow maybe a little bit more uh, that got you more and more interested in in continuing uh, covering teams? 
Um, I have always followed Gabriel Marcotti a lot, and I really enjoy a lot of his stuff. Um, yeah, pretty much him. I followed him for a while, so I mean, like, I kind of was would read his stuff and be like, well, that's kind of what I want to do. So, Joe, this was a, a perfect opportunity for you to um, inflate the egos of either Anthony or myself, and you failed that <laughs> in a big way. So, very disappointed uh, I, in you. I apologize. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I'm used to I it. mean, I mean, like, I. <laughs> I have I, I do read you guys stuff every every week. You don't I do. have to you don't have to I do. I was only kidding. I do. No no no, no, no. I do. I do. I do. I know nobody reads it. <laughs> For the listeners, I mean, I, I, what I have, you can't I see right get... now is I have drawn a weapon and am now pointing it at Joe Steen, who is definitely in the room with me and not on the phone. Uh, and yeah, he's saying all these nice things now. So just wanted you to make sure that uh, you know it was very prompted by the threat of I real violence to, i mean i have to get different viewpoints of what everybody else thinks so i'm not like the only person that's like wow do i think this so <laughs> i would i would also uh, like to check out uh, the maniacs that i think uh, are spouting nonsense so i totally understand yeah <laughs> i was referring to myself in that <laughs> I didn't way see your i don't know IP, if that came across i didn't see your ip address as a reader joe <laughs> <laughs> well i go to nyc soccer place all the time uh, not this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that I've done enough nice. damage to everyone. Uh, <laughs> let's talk five questions. This, well, it's not five questions anymore. What do I call it? The lightning round. It's the lightning round, Josina. Are you ready? Okay. Sounds, <laughs> sounds as ready right, as yes, anyone. I'm, I'm, def- I'm definitely ready. <laughs> All right. That's more convincing. I have Sorry. to do like the rock band thing. Like, I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, okay. Popcorn, yes or no? Yes. Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario? Sonic. Arsene Wenger in or Arsene Wenger out? Oh, out. No, it's not even, not even, not, don't even ask me that question, please. <laughs> like, I've, I, I've wanted this for like five years. Bill, you got one. Go. Oh, I stumped Bill. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, sorry. I was on mute. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, how do you rank yourself as a FIFA player? You're pretty good. Are you horrible? I would say pretty good. I think well, we should have a FIFA tournament, Joe. But that's oh, another topic yes. another day. Well, we I, have I definitely. Justine, I definitely you, last week. I don't know if you heard the show, but Anthony challenged me to a, a football skill showdown. So Ooh. after I did we not that, challenge you. <laughs> after we do that, we will. Also but I will partake get, in it. Can we do this after like a two, like the last, the last home game of the year? Can we actually like go on the field and try this? Oh I actually want to see this. Uh, let me talk. <gasps> let me talk to Willie, and I will. I will try to make that happen. But the thing is, Anthony will not show up to that game. That's the only thing. Uh, yes, I will. If, if that's what's going to happen, I will. Yes. All right. Okay. I'm working on it. I'm going to send a message to Willie tomorrow. I got. I got. I got to come up with like the drills you guys got to do. This. Yeah. Is yes. Justine. Absolutely. I'm so into this. Okay. Okay. We're not even done with the lightning round. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. FIFA or Pro Evolution? Oh my God. Does anyone play Pez? Really? Uh FIFA. I there played are, last year. There are still a lot of people uh, who play. Uh, I mean, yes, I'll, I'll admit it's gotten a lot better, but like, I mean, even though EA like makes you pay like a, a ton for like FIFA points, I mean, come on, like, 
I mean, you know, you're opening a pack and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a, like an ultra rare and you get like just straight gold cards that you already have. But... <laughs> that sounds like some real frustration. Oh, it's awful. But you it's get old... Champions League music. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's that, that's true. That's true. But they don't even they don't even have the teams like named correctly. <laughs> no, that's not the best. Um, OK. And finally, favorite team to play as in FIFA. Ooh, um, it used to be Dortmund, but it's got to be Tottenham now just because of the speed factor. Ugh, to both of those teams. Jeez, I know you're probably yours is probably Liverpool. I mean, like I can't play with DG Lovren as a defender, though. It's so it's just it's it's awful. I uh, not not to brag too much, but I did uh, win a, a big match against Manchester City this weekend on a on a console that I do not play on, so I feel very good about that. Okay. <laughs> beating City is not a big win. It's a big win for me. They didn't even have the online roster. Neither is beating West Ham or Swansea. Ones. No Salah. No Salah. Hey, hey now on that United jab, by the way. Hey now on that. <laughs> West Ham didn't even want to buy players during the window. Like Village was just like, nah. <laughs> we can only crush the four souls they put in front of us. That's true. That's true. I mean, what's Dimitri Pyatt doing now? Is he back up like Marseille? Just chilling. Just chilling. Getting out of West Ham. <laughs> okay, that brings us to an end of another episode of Raising Bulls. Uh, if you'd like to follow us, you can follow me at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at Attitude AJM. And I'm at Bill TNJ. At Jstein15. And, of course, that's all on Twitter. I uh, somehow didn't mention, if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And, of course, that's on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com to see our very own website. I think I might start trying to get some extra content up there, but uh, we'll see. Um, you can listen to us on... Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast from, you can find us, rate us, review us. It means everything to us, and it really does help. Uh, for myself, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, and Joe Steen, thank you very much, and have a good night. Where's the clapping? There's no clapping! Slow clapping! What's the matter with you? Okay, see. <laughs> there it is. Come on, Bill.